Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show, Jam Pack Show for you tonight. Going to be talking about diacetyl testing that was done by this company in France on uh, Suicide Bunny Mother's Milk. Want to talk about the death penalty. And once again, I have too many cases of brand new police abuse to cover that I possibly couldn't get to all of them tonight, but I'll try. Anyway, I want to do this, say this right at the top. So last week, I talked and just kind of had some thoughts about the We Are Vapors project that was, I mean, can only be can only be said to be a horrible failure, um, leaving a, a, a small glimmer, just a tiny, tiny glimmer of hope that maybe something someday will come of the hundreds of hours of footage collected on behalf of the Vapors who donated tens of thousands of dollars to get the project done. Boy, did I get some response after that. There are people out there who are pissed. And rightly so. So here's what I want to get out there. Um, I have been contacted by some people who have been donators, who have donated to the project, who aren't happy. If you are one of those people, please contact me. Please get a hold of me. You can get me on Facebook or I prefer clickbangradio at gmail.com. I'm just going to be completely transparent with what I'm going to do moving forward. Um, I would like to have some people ready to be, and, and the purpose of you emailing me if you're upset and you donated, uh, if you want to tell me why, that's that's good and that's part of the process, but ultimately what I want to do is have people call Link. Now, when calling them, the, they would ask for an update and also uh, if they feel that they were donating to something that was mismanaged or, or they're not happy with it, whatever your gripe is and you want your money back, let's say you gave 50 bucks and you say, I want, I would like my $50 back. You're, there's no legal obligation for him to give it back to you, but I think just about everybody agrees that would be the right thing to do. So if you're willing to do that kind of thing, if you're willing just to make a phone call, and I will give you his phone number, I've got his cell phone number, if you're willing to give him a phone call and ask for your money back, please contact me, clickbangradio at gmail.com. Like I said, I'm going to be transparent. Before that happens, I, you know, once those people are in queue and ready to do that, before that happens, I will contact Link myself and ask him to talk there's a bunch of things that could happen let's say best case scenario he says okay anyone who asked me for their money back gets it back that's a success and really making people whole after this i think is not only the right thing to do it's it's probably the best possible result right um i'm not particularly optimistic that that will happen what i think you know based upon the way he's been dealing with this with with any kind of uh any kind of questions about the project or any kind of uh, people who are upset about what happened he's been ignoring everybody i don't know why that would change now but it might let's say it doesn't if it doesn't then i'm going to escalate things and i'm not just going to do it myself this is i very rarely reach out to other vape shows or media outlets or blogs to, to help me do what I do. But I would in this case, I would, I would do, uh, well, I don't want to tip my entire hand, but um, let's just say this will be something that will be worked on by a lot of people to get the word out there that this guy did the wrong thing. If he indeed decides to stick his head in the sand and not so much offer an apology or, or money back, because uh, there's one thing I got wrong last week and uh, then we'll move along with the show. One thing I got wrong is that uh, during a call, Ed brought up the fact that, well, you know, it was 22000 but 10000 10, of that $22,000 that was donated came from one vendor. That's actually not true. 
um, Drew, when he, you know, rest, rest in peace, uh, when he was uh, when he was alive and when he donated to the project, he didn't donate ten thousand dollars in cash. He donated ten thousand dollars in equipment. Um, so that really means the 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 funds that were raised were really not twenty two thousand, but thirty two thousand dollars. And what's interesting about that fact is that we all know the cash is gone. Plane flights, hotel rooms, meals, all that. It's very unlikely the equipment is gone. He probably still has this stuff. If he doesn't, then he sold it, and, well, there's money from that. Anyway, he probably has all this stuff, doing God knows what with it, but he's got it, right? It's stuff. Now, granted, $10,000 in equipment, you put it on eBay, you're lucky to get three grand for it, but still, it's money. It's stuff. It exists. So if somebody does ask for 50 bucks back, well, shit, put a camera on eBay. Put some lights on something, you know? Anyway, um, again, clickbangradio at gmail.com if you want to help with this. Um, before I get started with the rest of the show, I had, I had this interesting conversation with some friends. It's just kind of off. It's, not, it's, it's totally off topic. It's about casinos. I saw this video. It's one of those videos that I won't even link to it because it's just one of those things you see that just makes you lose your faith in humanity. It's a bunch of people fighting, throwing chairs, you know, those little, you know, those things that hold up the velvet ropes, those big metal things, people launching them at other people. Like it's, it's a full, it's a full blown brawl meet, you know, it's, it's terrible. So I saw that and got sad, but said in the video description, it said that this video was taken at a casino in New York City. And I said, what? Like, there's no casinos in New York City. You can't do that. We don't have that. I mean, shit. I love casinos. Usually I got to drive to like Mohegan Sun or, or, or AC or Pennsylvania. You know, shit, if I could take the, could take a subway to a casino, that would be fantastic. So let me, let me see what, what this is all about. And it turns out there is, it is actually a casino in Queens, which is New York City. But it's one of these casinos where they do have quote-unquote table games, like they got blackjack and craps and roulette and, and all that stuff, but it's not on like a table with cards or, or dice or, or whatever, or roulette wheel and, and chips. It's all video monitor-based, so it's it's not like a video poker that you see where you're just sitting by. So you are indeed sitting at a table, quote-unquote, with several people, and there are video screens, so... It's a little better than that, but still, I'm not interested in that at all. Not, not at all. So I thought to myself, you know, and I was talking with some friends about this. I'm like, you know, that really sucks because, you know, here was an opportunity to, you know, they got a casino. Here was an opportunity to, you know, I don't know, hire, you know, yeah, sure, it, it creates jobs. But, you know, now you could have created so many more instead of all these machines that are run by a company and God knows where, manufactured in a company, God knows where, which I guarantee is not New York City, um, they could have hired dealers and cocktail, well, they could do that anyway, dealers, pit bosses, floor managers, you know, could you know could have been a lot better and it could have been a game that people wanted. Then I started thinking like, hang on a second, like this is obviously, you know, this is a monopoly. It's All the money goes back to the state. Um, just about all the money goes back to the state. I mean, the casino is 
basically run by, the, you know, the same people that do the racetrack there, which is basically almost everything goes to the state. So it's obviously a monopoly, right? It's one casino. That's it. So I thought, I'm like, what a, what a missed opportunity. But on the other hand, if you, if you are going to have a, a monopoly, would it be preferable to do it the way they did it with this machine style gambling as opposed to dealers and tables and cards and, and dice? Would it be preferable? So let's look at this. Like I, I started to look at it. I'm like, forget about my, all right, forget about my perspective. Me, I'm not interested in that, that type of gaming. I'll never go there. But think of it from the casino's perspective. Now, in terms of the bottom line, seems like there's you know several very attractive things about this. Number one, you don't have to pay dealers. You don't have to pay pitfall. You, you, all these employees, you don't have to pay. You just got to pay one company who supplies these machines. Another thing, um, you don't, and, and, and along with that big thing, that's one less, you, you deal with one company. Now you don't have to deal with a union, which is a huge, huge headache that you have avoided. Right. So that's good. Um, the, the players don't tip the dealers because the dealers are machines. So that's just more money that's on the table for the house to get or the virtual table, I should say. So I don't know. And, and on top of that, you don't have to staff and employees in a cage and you don't have humans handling cash. And, you know, in, in that case, you're avoiding, um, not only unintentional mistakes, uh, very, you're also avoiding the deliberate and malicious mistakes. You stick them, you stick a hundred dollars into a, a bill, a bill acceptor and it's done. So at, at first glance, oh, and, and that made me think of something else. And this is, this is something that you, if you are a gamer, if you're someone who likes to go to casinos, I talked about this years ago, but this made me think of it too, because listen, I'm, I'm no genius but I figured out a way to beat a pit game in a casino. Now, before you say that's bullshit, um, it should be bullshit. And I'm not suggesting that I have figured out how to beat the odds. That's impossible. And anyone who tells you that they can play blackjack at a casino and they can get an edge on the house, is uh, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yes, you can beat blackjack if you have a team of a dozen MIT geniuses card counting, working as a team, the whole thing. Can it be done? Yeah. You need you need, a, you need all these people. You need a huge bankroll, training, months of preparation. Can it be done? Yes. Can you do it? No. You can't beat any odds at any game in any casino. Period. Done. So what did I do? I figured out um, a game I like to play is Pai Gao. Pai Gao is a form of Chinese poker where you get a seven cards and you make a five card hand and a two card hand, right? So when this casino, there was a new casino that opened up um, relatively close to New York City in uh, Mount Airy, uh, Pennsylvania. It was the Mount Airy Casino. So when it opened up, I was like, we were, you know, they were giving all these promotions, all this stuff. Buddy of mine and I, we, we went, and what we noticed was, now I know the right way to play Pi Gao. Now if you play it right, if you play it perfectly, which isn't that hard, which is the nice thing about it. It's a, it's a lot, it's actually a lot easier to play Pi Gal perfectly than to play blackjack perfectly. But anyway, if you do play perfectly, um, you're reducing the house edge to about 2%. So for every, 
So for every over time and the game moves slowly. So over time, yes, you will lose. Absolutely. Um, but the house edge is, is fairly small. Um, it, I think it's, I, I think it's actually like three and a half percent, something like that. Okay, fine. So you can't beat it. You can't beat that game. But here's what we figured out. We figured out that the dealers now, now this is a new casino, but I've tried it in other casinos like Foxwoods and stuff. And it works there too. Just not, not as often, but you can do it. Many times dealers who deal Pi Gao are, they're not used to dealing it and they're not used to a player playing in the fashion that we played. And by that, I mean, there is a way in Pi Gao where you can request to actually be the house. Um, so in other words, normally, like when you play in blackjack, you're not playing against the other players. You're playing against the house and only the house. But in some games like craps, you can choose to be on the side of the house, and and Pi Gao is is one of those. But it's 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 even more so. So in other words, when you request to be the house, or you're actually requesting to be the banker, all of the players and the dealer are playing against you. If you have a, a terrible hand, then it's not the house that play that pays all the players. It's you. You have to pay them. If you have a great hand and you beat everybody, you win. Or if there's if there's a mix of whatever right? You're, you are responsible for all bets on the table. In fact, you don't even really have a bet. So the thing about that is that the dealers are un, they're, they're not used to this because nobody does it. Uh, this is a game where in most casinos you will see, uh, basically only Chinese people play it for the most part and they never bank. They never, ever, ever bank. And they get mad at you when you do. They get really pissed off, actually. Um, it's pretty funny. Anyway, uh, the dealers aren't used to players banking. So what happens is the dealers make mistakes, not in the card dealing or anything, but in the payouts. Many times what will happen is that when I am acting as the house, as the banker, and maybe I have a crap hand or something, and I'm supposed to bust out and pay all the players who place their bets hundreds of dollars and i've seen this time after time after time the 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 dealer will pay those bets out of the dealer kitty when he's supposed to be paying when, I, when i'm supposed to be paying the bets now sometimes the opposite ha they, they so obviously when the dealer makes that mistake you don't correct them you just sit there quietly and i don't know stare at the wall they make other mistakes too but you, but when they're not in your favor, you correct them. So this works great at a new casino when you have inexperienced dealers. And when we figured this out, um, we created a system where we played at a team. We had a shared bankroll. We had a very strict way of, of, we made sure we were playing exactly right. We would always bet the minimum when we were a player and always bet, well, the maximum when you're a banker. You're the banker. You're, it's whatever anyone else wants to bet. So... When you have a human dealer making these mistakes, the odds are wildly, wildly in your favor. Remember I told you, if you, if you get like a, a team of geniuses to do this with blackjack and you get a whole team, if you can do all that, you are looking at best, at best case scenario, a one, per two, a one to 2% edge over the house, which is enough over time and with the right bets and the whole thing.
But this is with an enormous amount of effort, brain power, the whole thing. It's not accessible to a casual gambler. This, me and a buddy came up with, and over the course of the next year or so, we went to this casino about 20 times. We won every single time, and it would have been, if we had lost one of those times, which we didn't, it would have been shocking. Because when you have dealers making mistakes like this with such frequency, and it impacts your, your bottom line so much, keep in mind, I'm so, you're going you're gonna to go bust sometimes when you're the banker, right? And even if you have one time, just once in the course of a trip, where instead of you paying out $300, the house does, you have, met, you have shifted the odds in your favor, 2%, forget about it. You're talking about 20, 30%. And it wasn't just once. They would do it all the time. They were terrible, these dealers. It got to the point where, I mean, they knew, they, they knew who we were. We, were. we were coming week after week, winning every single time. First, they just tried to take our comps away. At first, when we were going there, they were giving us huge comps for, for dinners and stuff. It was great. Over time, when they realized we are never, ever losing, they took away all the comps from us. Our comps were lucky to get a ham sandwich. And then, finally, they actually changed the rules of the game. Literally. They changed the rules of the game because of us. Two random dudes, not professional gamblers, just two guys who go to the casino sometimes. They literally changed the fucking rules. What they did was, at first, you could bank every other hand. So in other words, the dealer uh, deals in his bank, the dealer's bank, and then I say, I want to be the bank, and I could. And then the dealer banks the next hand, then I say, I want to be the bank. And as long as, you know, any other player could say, I want to bank, and if it's their turn, they do, but they never did. Nobody else, nobody wanted to bank. So literally, we were banking every other hand. The more hands that the dealer's bank, banking and it complicates the process, the more of a chance they're going to make a mistake. And it worked beautifully. It was such a beautiful thing. Then they changed the rules so that now, instead of being able to bank every other hand, um, the option would go to the next player and if refused, go right back to the dealer. So effectively, the way that works out is that now we would only be able to bank one out of every 13 hands. When they changed the, the rules, it was over. But what a hell, it was a hell of a run. Now, there's a, there's for all you people who want to learn how to do this, it's not that hard. I'm happy to help. I've done this at other casinos that do let you bank every other hand. Um, places like Foxwood and Mohegan Sun, um, Atlantic City, that you have to call around and find out what their rules are on, on, on banking. You can't do this unless you're allowed to bank every other hand. I have we I have not seen it happen as often at places more, with more experienced dealers, but it still happens. It happens enough to where the the odds are actually in your favor, which should be fucking, you know, headline news at at a casino, I guess. Like like train your fucking pagao dealers, but I don't know. It probably doesn't happen that often because people just don't like to be the bank in the game. Anyway. That kind of made me think also, going back to this original thing that I brought up about the um, about the machine-based casino in New York, it's like, well, you know, we would have never been able to do that here because it's all machines. Machines can't make a mistake. They're going to pay out the bets exactly 
right every time. So I'm starting to think like, maybe this would actually be, a, maybe this actually was a good decision by New York to do this automated type system instead of doing, you know, dealers and pit bosses and stuff. But then it, that, that kind of ignores all of the data that exists for really anywhere else that allows casinos to operate. Like, perfect example, Las Vegas. If Las Vegas wanted to, they could replace all their craps tables with video-based craps tables and blackjack and every other game. But they don't. None of them do. Well, if it's such an advantage, you're reducing all these variables and human error and and guys like me, you know, figuring out a way to beat the system, why wouldn't they do it? Well, it's pretty obvious. If they did, no one would play because they would just go to another casino that has real tables. And I just, I realized I made, you know, and that was someone, that, that was something that someone else brought up to me. And I, I was like, I'm ignoring the market. Yes, this is a monopoly. So maybe it makes some sense, but it's ignoring all of the lost revenue from people like me who are never going to go to this place because they are absolutely uninterested in this style of gaming. I mean, you could easily solve this problem if there was somehow a way to open up a casino that had real tables in New York and they would obviously be competitors. The bottom line would be apparent. Or if you change this one to a regular casino, you could you can compare those two bottom lines. Of course, neither of those things is ever, ever going to happen. Um, and then the last thing I just thought of that really, the part of it that kind of made me mad was they put this casino in, um, you know, in, in, in an area of Queens where you don't get any tourists going out to this part of Queens. All that money, most of the, the vast majority of money is just from, you know, people who live and, and work around there, you know? Why not put a casino like this in fucking Times Square, right? Why should... Why should the people in New York be funding the state with their gambling losses? Let the tourists from Minnesota do it. So it's just they've made the wrong choice on every single possible opportunity. But then again, that's what happens when you have a state-run monopoly. Oh, and of course, this is all because there's a law that says you can't have regular tables also. You can only have machine-based tables, or you can only have a video poker. And this is kind of like a loophole to the video poker, I guess. Anyway, another dumb law, another dumb mistake by the city of New York. Throw it on the pile. Welcome to the show. Got an eight and a three. Double down. Hey, yes, I'm going down. Yeah. I'm going down, 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 down. Yes, I got my big feet in the window. Got my head on the ground. Let me down. All right. 
shit. 9.51. How long was that? I'm sorry. I hope that was mildly interesting. Okay, so listen, uh, obviously widely discussed on on uh, Facebook and Reddit this week has been this new test that came out uh, from a, a French company. I don't really know who these people are. I don't know why they did it, but they did. Uh, they took some suicide bunny mother's milk. They tested it for diacetyl and acetylpropanol. And uh, there you go. If you haven't seen it, I'll put that in the replay notes too. And uh, the test results that they got were actually, they were they were nearly identical for the acetylpropanol. They were nearly identical to the results that I got six months ago when I sent in some suicide bunny to be tested by, uh, by enthalpy. So this is obviously a different lab. Uh, why they did it, I don't know. It, I, I don't know much about this company, and I've asked around. And the, I, I think it, the best best of my knowledge, it's uh, it, they're, they're a company, I think they sell e-liquid in France, but they sell a lot of American manufacturers of, of, um, of e-cigarettes, uh, of uh, e-liquid, I should say. And I don't know, I guess they want to test stuff so that they know what's in it. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, though. Um, the point is that someone else did it. And, you know, I, I saw that and I, I really, I laughed to myself because I did this six months ago, right? And there was all this shit that got knocked, stirred up. My intent was to raise awareness of the research done by Dr. Farsalinos that nobody really noticed when he put out. I mean, that should have been the headline. 74% of e-liquids tested had uh, significant amounts of diacetyl or acetylpropanol. 74% of the liquids tested. He tested hundreds of them. Nobody listened. I test one popular brand. Everybody loses their shit. So I kind of laughed to myself because I'm like, well, where have you guys been? You know? It's like, here's a company not in America that did this, and why did it take six months? It, it could have been at any point. Anybody could have gone to a vape shop, bought some liquid, and sent it to whoever. And, and, and nobody did. Actually, I know one person that did, but they didn't really want to make the results public or anything. But they were the same. Doesn't matter. So anybody could have, besides the one person I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with, done exactly what I did. Go to a store. Go to the post office. Pay a couple bucks. And you find out whatever you want. And I'm not even suggesting it should have been on Suicide Bunny. In fact, I would have preferred if it was on some other company, you know? And I would have been just as happy with a positive as a negative result. It would have been just good to see a trend starting. And it just never happened. People will comment for days on the internet about this. But actually doing something? No. Now, there have been e-liquid manufacturers who woke up when this happened, started taking things very seriously, started testing, and there's even some that you can go on their website. You click on a liquid, you see their certificate. These are the test results. Um, and, I, and, I, and I only hope to see more and more of that. So it was funny. I, obviously, I saw it on Reddit. I didn't post it. I didn't know about this. I saw it on Reddit. There's like a shitstorm over there. It wasn't, I didn't notice it on Facebook yet, so I posted it on Facebook. And I think... So there's some positive, I'm going to say some positive things about Suicide Bunny here, believe it or not. So when I posted it, eventually on one of the threads, 
Ah, shit. Lost it. Oh, there we go. Um, on one of the threads in the Vapors Lounge, uh, Pip actually came in to start uh, talking with people about this, which is great. Um, and the positive thing that I learned was that now it looks like they are regularly testing, like with multiple labs, um, their liquids, at least the new ones. And I actually helped Pip. Uh, she wanted to post the results, which of course is, is a good thing to do. And I actually helped her set it up in a way that people can easily view all the stuff. Um, so that's a positive thing for sure. Um, that the, the, the goal or my intent for doing this um, was not solely to have suicide money start doing this, but the fact that they did is good. Um, that said, uh, you know my opinion on all this stuff. You uh, you deserve to hear hers as well. So, um, well, why don't I just read it? Now, keep in mind, I had nothing to do with these results. I had no. I don't know why. I don't know who did it. I don't know why they did it. I wasn't involved in it in any way. All I did was post the Reddit post, uh, basically without comment on the company. Any comments I was making, any comments I was making were about diacetyl or acetylpropanol, not about the company at all. If I'm wrong about that, please call me out. But I tried to, and I was doing that quite on purpose because, like I said, it's not about them. Yeah, it sucks for them that they got called out with the ship, but that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Anyway, here's the... Uh, Here's some of the comments. I think you'll find them interesting. Um, so this is from Pip. I love your tagline on the old post, Russ. Uh, the tagline I posted, someone was asking about this, so I posted the show with Dr. Farsalinos, and in the description of the show, I say it's a sad day for vaping. These listed these liquids tested positive, yada, yada. So I love your tagline on the old post, Russ. It really is a sad day for vaping. When people try to manipulate science... In order to further their own agendas, be that an on-air personality or a competing e-liquid company, can I say with certainty or will I state that either of the reports you have posted in the last several months have been manipulated? Absolutely not. I have no knowledge of that and doubt that one would be so irresponsible to do that. I will say, though, that I have had my e-liquids examined by two separate sampling firms, uh, by two separate testing firms. The first was ABC Analytical, and those results were widely posted and are still on my company page. The first results showed the e-liquids to be diacetyl-free with varying amounts of acetylpropanol, derailed having the most acetylpropanol. The second firm that tested my e-liquids was eSig Wizard in the UK. The interesting thing about these tests is that they were not performed on bottles that I sent to the laboratory. The tests were con conducted by bottles that were purchased by Esig Wizard from a vendor in England. These tests actually showed no diacetyl, no acetylpropanol, and small amounts of, um, I don't know how to, I always forget how to uh, pronounce it, acetone, I think is how you say it, acetone, in either of the two liquids. Claim your throne and bound by the crown of the king's crown line are, um, are uh, those are the liquids she's talking about. Those are two liquids in the in the line, sorry. I'll post those results in a new thread as I cannot add files as a response. Uh, I later showed her how to do it. Uh, furthermore, you have said before that your reasoning for taking, uh, for talking about the diacetyl acetylpropanol issue is not for safety, but because of the media and FDA storm that could ensue. Do you truthfully believe that the FDA thought 
this was how to end vaping, they would not have already been all over this issue. This issue has been bantered about for years in the vaping community with not a word about it from the FDA. Okay, so um, again, cheers for uh, testing your new liquids and posting the results online. That's a great thing. Uh, it seems like this company is taking it seriously now. That is a net positive. Bravo. Seriously. No sarcasm at all. Bravo. Now, that being said, this comment about the FDA um, not looking at it, they are looking at this. And in fact, they already, they know all about this chemical as it relates at least to smoking. Um, you, 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 a cigarette manufacturer. Now, everybody knows at this point, I hope everybody knows that there's a significant amount of, of diacetyl in a cigarette. It occurs during the uh, production process of a tobacco cigarette. So it's in there. And um, usually more than in, in some e-liquids, although some of the levels when they're very high are actually approaching or in some cases exceed the amount of diacetyl in a cigarette, in a traditional cigarette. Um, the FDA currently prohibits cigarette manufacturers from adding additional diacetyl for flavoring. And they certainly would love to do it. Everybody knows that diacetyl is a flavoring for whether it's eating or inhalation. It's delicious, right? That's why so many people use it. People like it. Tastes good. It is prohibited. Now, what happens in the, in the production process, I guess that is allowed. But if a cigarette manufacturer wanted to take diacetyl and they wanted to add it to their cigarettes to make it taste better, which it would, they can't. They cannot. They are not allowed. It is prohibited. The FDA knows all about diacetyl. In the last, in the last workshop that um, that went on, that, that there was a topic. There was a panel topic. There were people sitting right in front of the FDA talking about this, and not positively. The FDA, know, the FDA knows all about this stuff. And if you think for one second that whenever these... Now, maybe it's not going to be in the initial volley of deeming regulations... But at some point, you know, it's, the deeming regulations aren't just like, boom, bang, it's over. No, there will be regulation and re-regulation and re-regulation and over-regulation. Just like the same path they've taken with cigarettes. It's, it's First we're going to do this, then we're going to do that. Then we're going to go after the cigars, then we're going to, you know, it's, it's never-ending. So if you think for a second that the FDA is going to allow these chemicals in e-liquid, I have a bridge to sell you. It's never going to happen. It will not be allowed. Period. They know this stuff. They know all about it. And why hasn't the FDA done anything yet? Well, they haven't done anything yet. <laughs> they haven't done a thing. Well, they tried in 2009 to seize all the shipments and only stopped doing so when a federal judge told them that they had to. Since then, they have taken no... They've been working very hard, I think, but there is nothing that has been codified into statute code or law. Of course, that's coming. So, you know, then, and then, like I said, I help, I help, I actually help Pip post these online and um, I'm glad she's doing, I'm glad the company's doing this now. That's good. I, I, you know, here's another, <laughs> this is funny. Here's a funny one. You'll like this. This is from Todd. Hey, everybody. Sorry. This is an edit that I have to make into the original broadcast. 
the, the following comment I'm making from Todd. Uh, Todd Wagers is not, in fact, an employee uh, at Wolfpack. He used to be, but is no longer. Sorry for the confusion. Let's continue with the show. Todd Wages is, um, he's with Wolfpack, who is a distributor for various e-liquids, including Suicide Bunny. I don't know what his ownership or, or employment role is, but I guess he's an important guy there. Um, and granted, this is after no, me saying nothing about anybody personally, just talking about these two chemicals, right? Hey, Russ, did you tie your own shoes today? Uh, it seems you really struggle with life. So I was curious to see if your shoes were Velcro or lace-ups. Now, this is actually an excellent question. I don't know how he knew this, but I absolutely despise tying my shoes. I can't stand it. I hate it. I will not buy dress shoes that are lace-up. That are lace-up. Um, all of my boots are free of zippers or laces. And unfortunately... I can't find a pair of sneakers that I like that do not have shoelaces. So what I do with my sneakers is, you know, and I have to redo this every few months, with really, which really pisses me off. But basically I put them on and I very carefully, I have to go back and forth several times to get this perfect. But I lace, I lace them up and I tie them, but I do it in such a way so it's just enough so that they're secure when they're on my feet but just enough so that I can also slip them on and off without actually having to unlace them. I have found that uh, Nike makes a, what, what is this brand? I gotta take it off my fucking foot here. What is this? Does it say what kind of a shoe this is? Nike, uh, oh, these are, I think these are from England or something. I don't know where I got these. I don't know what they are. It doesn't even say, but it has a, it has a very, very soft back. It's, 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 it's kind of floppy. So I can, I can kick those off my feet and put them back on very, very easily. I don't know how he knew how I had such a bug up my butt about lacing shoes. It's fucking uncanny. Anyway, um, so I was curious to see if your shoes were Velcro or lace-ups. The most interesting thing I have noticed about all of this is you like to single out women, do I? Have I done this in the past? Not to my knowledge. Is this because of an abuse issue when you were younger? God, I wish. You know, I see these stories on the internet of these, you know, and it's not a laughing matter, but like, you know, when you get to the point where there's like 17-year-old guy getting on, getting on with their teacher, man, I would have loved that. Illegal, but ooh, that would have been awesome. So no, no women would touch me at all when I was a child much to my chagrin. Uh, is this because you were of, is this because of an abuse issue when you were younger or did some girl royally fuck you over? Well, you hit that nail on the head. Maybe it's because one woman has helped hundreds of thousands of people quit smoking and stays out of the spotlight and you haven't helped one, so you're jealous. Uh, I don't think I have actually. He might be right about that. Well, not the jealous part, but no, I don't really try to help people. I get it, Russ. You have issues with seeing women succeed. It's okay, big guy. We will all hold you and tell you it's going to be okay. 
Well, that makes me feel better. And it would also make me feel better if I could find um, another style of shoes because I'm not that fond, of, that fond of Nike as a company that could accommodate um, or, or maybe just something. Oh, you know what I heard? Remember in Back to the Future? They had those shoes where Marty McFly, that you, you, you put them on and they just like automatically like, zoop, zoop, zoop. it's like a whole thing. They, they like, they like, uh, I don't know. It's like a, it's like it's a machine almost where it like laces itself up and it's like, oh, they're making those now, but they're like a thousand dollars a pair. But I would love, I would love a pair of those. That's my, those are, those are my dream shoes. If only they'll go into mass production and drive the price down. That would be fantastic. Okay, so enough joking around. What 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 does? Why is this newsworthy? I don't know. It shouldn't be, uh, but it is. And the, the reason why it's newsworthy today, in April of 2015, when this happened, I guess around originally around September of 2014, because nobody bothered to verify. Nobody, anybody. It, there's a million people that said. Russ, you're a piece of shit. You fabricated the results. And there was a million people who said the same thing about Pip. Why didn't somebody else just take a bottle and send it in? Nobody did for six months. And then this company in France did it. And I doubt it's because they're a listener to this program. I don't know what their reason was, but I, I highly doubt it was that. That said, the results are interesting. They definitely replicated almost to a, a, a microgram or nanogram or whatever the fuck the, the threshold is. The levels of uh, acetylpropanol, almost identical. It was off by like a, a, a ridiculously small amount, virtually identical. So that's interesting. So the question, so, and, and here's why that, and, and here's why, and in one regard, I wish it was another company that did this. Uh, not another, not the French guy, but the another company that was found to have high levels of acetylpropanol or diacetyl and be published because then that kind of gets to the point. Or better yet, I, I wish it was 100 companies because there's a 1,000 out there that have levels just like this. So that's my wet dream. My wet dream is that somebody or a, a bunch of people start doing this and sending in results and showing that this is still a rampant problem because you better believe it is. On the other hand, it does make me happy that I am seeing other companies publish good results for their liquids. They're taking this seriously and taking action. Bravo. But that does go back to the point where I, I have to play this for you. The, um, the original statement from Suicide Bunny, from Pip herself, was that what I did was a conspiracy. That I didn't do this on my own. That that it was actually Dimitri who told me to do it. And it was because she he was competing with her liquid in Tennessee. You don't believe me? Have a listen. This is from some vape show she was on. And it breaks my heart that someone is trying to take something away. From the, from the people that has helped so many. It's not about the community. This guy does not give two flipping flying F, you know what I'm saying, yeah. about people. No. He cares about the money. He cares about his friend selling liquid. And that's it. 
here's more about about my friend. Do you want me to tell you guys the whole backstory? Yeah, Maybe? tell us tell us the whole story because okay. of course you know Top more. Bottom. consulted with nobody before I did this. I contacted four companies, picked one. She continues. This is the first class I liquid is selling in his friend's area. So basically what it comes down to is it's not about the community. It's not about the industry. It is a personal thing against suicide money. So, in light of the recent test results, um, this conspiracy theory that uh, Pip has has uh, put out there, uh, this is now an international conspiracy. And now I'm working with the French <laughs> to produce identical results. And I want to make all the flavors go away. What Russ is doing is he's not bringing positive attention the industry like his, his reach is so limited but he's bringing negative negative i mean what's going to happen with guys like that if you guys allow that kind of guy to keep speaking we're going to have no choice the consumer is going to have no choice yeah and it's going to end up being bluey cigs and you know there's going to be no flavor there's going to be i mean it, it, it's going to end up being nothing because of people like that well there is only one person who is responsible for me doing this, and that person is Kevin. So Kevin, I urge you to listen to this very carefully. Consider these words. If I am allowed to continue doing this program, the only thing you're gonna be able to buy is blue cigs, and there will be no flavors. If you take this threat seriously, you will act swiftly and promptly cancel this program. Vape shops in Long Island are... Oh, 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 shit. I meant to do this at the beginning. Oh, I'm such a shithead. Um, tomorrow, there will be testimony in California um, about... All, I mean, the list of stuff they're facing. It's a, it's a nightmare. But anyway, there's going to be testimony. I know Stefan's giving testimony. They got... Uh, Enjoy's got a lobbyist there. R.J. Reynolds will be there. It'll be interesting because I think Stefan's testimony is going to be... Uh, it's going to be pretty anti-big tobacco, and it'll be funny. I think he has to sit next to the guy, actually. But um, it's going to be tomorrow, and it'll be streamed online. I believe I have not the exact link because it'll be – you can probably go to this website. This is what Stefan to told me. It's probably going to be there. And, boy, wouldn't it have been smart of me to ask him what fucking time it is. Does somebody out there know what time this thing is at? Oh, my God, I'm – 
anyway, at least at least you got a, a starting place. At worst, it'll be entertaining. No, actually, that's not at worst, but that's another story. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. So anyway, there, someone sent me this. In Suffolk County, they have to post this horrible sign. Oh, this broke my heart when I saw this. They passed the law. I didn't even know about this. Ooh, that's another thing I want to talk about. Make note. They uh, passed a law. I didn't even hear about this. They, they do this shit all the time. It just kind of flies under the radar. They, they, they passed a law that said that all the brick-and-mortar shops, they have to post this terrible sign right at their cash register. And I got a picture of it, but I'll read it to you here. Liquid nicotine warning. There's a big sign they got to put right by the register. Liquid nicotine warning. Liquid nicotine may be poisonous if swallowed, inhaled, or if it comes in contact with the skin. It is not regulated, so the amount of nicotine in any container is uncertain. Keep out of children's reach. The use of nicotine can be addictive. It may increase heart rate and blood pressure, cause dizziness and nausea, and aggravate respiratory conditions. Women who are pregnant or breastfeeding, persons with or at risk for heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, or taking medicine for depression or asthma should not use this product. Ingestion of liquid nicotine may be fatal. Suffolk County Law Resolution 2174-2014 and their sign of Suffolk County, which is some sort of bison, I think. Some sort of, it looks like a, looks like a cow with an enormous beard. It's odd. Anyway, there it is. I, uh, I showed that to Audrey, um, Audrey Silk from NYC Clash, who, oh, talk two seconds about the lawsuit too. Nope, there. Uh, Audrey saw it and she said, you know, it sucks that they have to do this, but if it was my store, I would put a sign next to that one that said, we're forced to put this sign here and it's a bunch of fear-mongering propaganda bullshit. I don't know if those weren't her exact words, but the sentiment the sentiment is 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 pretty spot on. Uh, and I would encourage the shop owners to do that because it is. You know, it's a shame that the nicotine has been shown one of the things they said, you know, warning if you're taking medicine for depression, nicotine is one of the best drugs out there for depression. Uh, it's a shame. I think there's a lot of people who are on uh, who are on medication for depression who should start vaping with nicotine, whether or not you're a smoker. I'm serious. Nicotine alleviates alleviates depression. It's been shown a million times. Uh, it it seems that New York City vape shops, and I believe online. Not New York City, I'm sorry, New York State, including New York City. New York State vape shops and online vendors, I don't know about all of them, but certainly a lot of them, got served a subpoena that made them prove that all of the e-liquid they are selling uses child-proof or child-resistant caps. Now, this is a law that passed, was, I guess was signed last year and went into effect January 1st of this year. The fine for selling e-liquid in New York without a child-proof cap is $1,000 per offense. So, if between January and March you sold 8,000 bottles of e-liquid that didn't have a cap, the right cap, then you're on the hook for $800,000. This was all very easily avoidable, and this is not 
to so much to scold the companies here in New York that were not in compliance. After all, I don't really agree with the law to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. Read the law. For God's sakes, this wasn't a secret. How could you not know? I know every every I should every vape shop that I'm familiar with that I've re recently visited was all still selling e-liquid without childproof caps. All of them were. All the ones I'm familiar with. I don't go to all of them, but I go to a lot of them. They all were. And now they're all on the hook for this. I don't know how it's going to pan out. I don't know. I don't know how that whole process works, but they're all guilty. So to all of your other all of you other vape shop owners. For God's sakes, just read the law. This was one where you would not have needed a lawyer. It's just plain as day. It's in the description. It says you got to sell e-liquid that's in a child-resistant cap with a child-resistant cap. How could you fuck that up? Don't make the same mistake. You own a store or an online business, read the law. Get your lawyer to look at it. It's way cheaper than the fine. Trust me. Um, remember last week I had... Now, last week when I when I went over the story about the uh, NY... You see, it wasn't clear. It was like just kind of breaking last week when I talked about this maybe NYPD officer who just went apeshit on an Uber driver for telling him to signal. Well, since then, I mean, that video went like ridiculously viral, like, I don't know, millions and millions of people viewed it. And it turned out, yes, he was, not only was he an NYPD detective, which was, con you know, confirmed by the NYPD, not only was he a detective, he was on the, uh, he was like on, in addition to being a detective, he was uh, for NYPD, he was on the NYPD, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, FBI Top Secret Terrorism Task Force. So he was a, I don't know, it's, and that sounds important. I don't know. Anyway, since the video came out, he has been stripped of his badge and his gun, and he is no longer on the uh, Terrorism Task Force. Now, hold on a second. I got a break here. Oh. I just got a, a private message from Pip. I should read it. I have apparently made a mistake. Todd Wages does not work for me or Wolfpack. Just thought you should know. I received a private message telling me that you stated that. I do not condone what he says on the internet. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I will, in addition to stating this here, I will make an edit, replay, stating error. Yes, I will definitely, uh, I apologize. Uh, I thought he was. Maybe he was at some point and he isn't anymore. I don't know. But who knows? Sorry for not having my facts straight. Uh, I will make a note uh, earlier in the broadcast stating that fact. Apologies. So I guess he's just some guy. I don't know. Still thought it was funny. Shoelaces thing. How could, you, how could he know? How could he know? All right, so anyway, that's the NYPD story. And thank you for the message, Pip. I don't like to make mistakes. Thank you for correcting me. Save the death penalty stuff for last. This one is fairly brutal. 
Um, there was like some black tie event for, there was some black tie event for Cleveland police officers. So they all, you know, went to a hotel, not in uniform, in tuxedos rather. And there was this one guy who, uh, a cop, who was there and he was drinking a lot. And he goes over to these two chicks at the bar and he starts hitting on them. The, the two chicks were with this guy, some civilian. And one of the chicks just basically insulted him and told him to get lost. And, uh, well, he did. What happened next, or actually several hours later, was that when this gentleman, who never said a crossword to the cop and his two female companions, left the hotel, walked across the street to get their car from valet, this guy, not the girls who said anything, this guy was jumped by the cop and two of his friends, whether or not they're cops, is not known yet, and beaten to a bloody pulp. Fractured ribs, fractured pelvis, and just they, they mangled his face. You can see pictures here in this news article. So... We're not talking about like a barroom scuffle spur of the moment somebody throws a punch. No. This cop couldn't stand the fact that a woman had insulted him and rejected his advances. So he plotted, came up with a plan, waited hours to execute it, jumped this guy, and nearly killed him. Hasn't been fired yet. But that's not really the question. The question is, why was he ever hired? As you can see in that article, he's been, he was arrested and jailed in the past for driving under the influence of alcohol. That was before he was a cop. Now, if I'm a guy who likes to drink and drive, and I got a Dewey on my record already, what better profession to pick than being a police officer? I get to drive all the time, and the chances of me be getting pulled over for DUI is zero, and if I do get busted for it, the chances of anything actually happening are next to zero. So not an odd career choice, but certainly an odd hire. Isn't that like something? That's like a major crime, isn't it? DUI, it should be. I remember I, I, went, I, went, to, um, I went to Canada once, to Montreal, a bunch of guys. We're crossing the border into Canada, right? And they pulled over our car and started asking us all these questions, searched the, you know, the whole thing, the whole nine. Now we didn't have any, we didn't have anything illegal in the car, going up for a bachelor party, right? But they start asking us some questions, and this is, I, I know in America you don't have to answer any questions. You got the Fifth Amendment. And you're in Canada now. I don't, no idea how that works. I have no idea what our legal rights were. Uh, I'd certainly look it up if I was ever going back. But they started asking everybody a bunch of questions. They asked one of the guys, you know, if he'd ever been arrested for anything. And he said, well, yes, um, eight years ago, I did have a driving under the influence um, thing. I was arrested for that, but, you know, I pled down to something else or whatever. They wouldn't let him into the country. They wouldn't let him into Canada for an eight-year-old DUI. He wasn't driving. And he's like, listen, I'll, I don't know, I'll sign a paper. I don't know. You, you want to hold my driver's license till I get back? He's, he's like, 
I, I won't drive. I mean, I wouldn't drive drunk up there, but I'll do it, you know. No. He literally had to catch a bus back to like, uh, I don't know, over the board. It was a whole thing we had to deal with. So Canada won't even let you into the country. But Cleveland? Taking applications. Uh, there was recently video that has surfaced of an unarmed man, probably unarmed man, either way, a guy running away from a police officer was like 10 feet away running from the cop when the cop emptied an entire clip into him or at least shot an entire clip. Guy was shot. Guy was killed. Cop claimed that he was in fear of his life. How you could be in fear of your life when a suspect is running away from you. I don't know how that works. It wasn't until the suspect was running away that he unholstered his weapon and killed him. The cop has been charged with murder. How often do you hear that? Cop charged with murder? And none of this? And thank you, magazine. I hate that too. Sorry. Emptied his magazine. Thank you, Dura. Um, if there was no video of this, it would have been nothing. But now the cop claims that the guy was trying to grab his taser and all. I don't know. Apparently, there's a longer video out there available, which I haven't seen yet, but someone just told me about it before the show. Either way, when someone is running away from you, you do not you do not shoot them in the back. You pursue for sure. Now, there's going to be a lot more facts coming out with this. Now, the reason for the initial stop was a broken taillight. What happened after that, I don't know. We will know. There will be police dash cam footage. There'll be all sorts of stuff. And um, on anything that's not in that video, we have to reserve judgment. But what's in that video is a cop shooting a man in the back as he's running away. Sad. Oh, here's the article. With a video, but supposedly... There is a longer video. If anyone knows where that is, you know, drop it to me somehow. Put it on Facebook, something. Murder. Not my opinion. That is the opinion of a district attorney. In Iowa, this is, uh, you know, it just, it's crazy. This, this keeps happening. I mean, this happened a, a year or so ago, but it was, this is one of the few cases of civil asset forfeiture that actually has a happy ending, a good ending, I should say. So this 19-year-old kid, he uh, was working in Chicago, did, just wasn't pleased with his life, was able to save up some money, and then his grandma gave him some money to go and start a new life, I believe, in California. So he was driving from Chicago, I guess from Illinois to California, and he was stopped for speeding, in Iowa, he was going five miles above the limit. Now, the beginning of the stop, everything's fine. Cops like, oh, you just got to be careful. Don't go so fast. Now the cop asks, and this is one of the reasons why never, ever consent to a search, even when you have nothing to hide. This kid had nothing to hide, or so he thought. He had money. He had $19,000, some of it that he had saved up, some of it that his grandma gave him to start a new life. Is it smart to travel with $19,000 on your person? No, it's not smart. 
Is it illegal? Absolutely not. Why is it not a good idea? Because you could get you could get robbed. Some guy could, you know, pull a gun or a knife on you and take your money away. Well, in this case, the person who pulled the gun on him was a was the cop that pulled him over for speeding. He actually wasn't even driving. He was a passenger. So here's the thing. It, it ain't illegal to carry any amount of money. But all the police have to do is suspect that this is for drugs. Now, keep in mind, I said, can I search the car? They said, yeah, sure. We got nothing to hide. They find the money. And all they have to do is suspect that it's for drugs. They never found them any drugs. This kid has no history of drugs. They went. Th they even went through his phone against his wishes and started going through his own phone without a warrant, which he protested. Said, you need a warrant to search my phone. No, nah, we're just going to do it anyway. Anyway, no evidence anywhere of any kind of drugs in this kid's life. You know, the, the sad part about it is if they did find a joint in the car, he would have never gotten the money back. But they didn't. It took this kid, it took him over a year and $7,000 in legal costs to prove because the onus is on him. The state doesn't have to prove anything. It's so crazy. It doesn't even, it, it doesn't, this doesn't sound like America, but this is fucking Iowa. They don't have, to, he was not arrested for anything. The only crime that was alleged to happen was five miles over the speed limit where he was not the driver. And they took all of his money and refused to give it back and ruined his life for over a year. He was like sleeping on air. He had, can you imagine your life savings? You're 19 trying to start a new life, complying with the police, being a good kid. And they take everything that you own your entire life. And then you have to prove that you are not a bad guy. Even after he wasn't arrested for anything, even after they didn't find anything. And what they did was completely legal. It goes on every single day. Meanwhile, in Iowa, uh, I actually, I found the story completely by accident because I was on the Des Moines register to read this story about civil asset forfeiture of this poor kid. And then I noticed they have this, they had this thing. It said university of Iowa bans all tobacco use. And I said, well, what are the chances that they let vaping stay? Well, none. The university of Iowa had already banned smoking everywhere on their campus. They have now expanded that ban to include any smokeless tobacco, including snus and electronic cigarettes because I don't know looks like looks like smoking you know the same shit if this was a private university um I would say this is a bad decision but eh, they got the right to do what they want it's private property this is of course a public university I hope somebody challenges this in law though I'm not going to hold my breath Here's a weird one. Um, Walmart is refusing to sell a book written by Ronda Rousey. If you if you um if you're not familiar, R Ronda Rousey is the biggest thing in UFC. She is the biggest the biggest thing ever. Um, and that 
means more than any male uh, competitor. She is fantastic. I mean, she can rip anyone's arm off apparently in about 15 seconds and the chances of anyone beating her are slim and she's hot as a pistol. I mean, she's look at this picture. See, usually you see her in the ring, right? And that, you know, her, her hair's all tied back, not wearing any makeup and you know, she's still hot, but look at that picture of her, man, when she puts, whoo, she puts it on. Holy shit. So the, the most popular athlete in UFC, Walmart won't sell her book because she's too violent. They'll sell guns at Walmart, and which I have no problem with. I don't know. There's probably a Muhammad Ali doc, uh, biography or something that they can sell. Not her. Ronda Rousey. She's too violent. She's not good enough for Walmart. Assholes. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the death penalty. So I'm going to avoid um, the part. I, I'm, I disagree with the death penalty on a, on a philosophical level. Forget about what happens in the criminal justice system. I am completely opposed to it on a philosophical level. I don't think the state should have the right to kill. To protect, yes. To kill, no. But let's set that aside for a second. Let's say that you do think that some people deserve to die for their crimes. I'm with you there. But let's say you also believe that as a part of the criminal justice system, that you do believe that the state has a place in punishment that includes death by execution. In the past two weeks, between last week's show and now tonight, there have been three new cases, all involving people who were innocent of the crimes they were committed of, who were sentenced to death and sat on death row for over 20 years. Three times in two weeks. Those are just the ones that that won, who were able to withstand the legal battles and prove their innocence. Not everyone is so fortunate. Innocent people get convicted, arrested. That happens all the time. The system is not perfect, and that is going to happen. I think our system does a pretty good job most of the time, I'd like to say, at protecting the innocent. But it's not perfect. There have been innocent people executed. And the question I have for you is that even if you do, on a philosophical level, disagree with me and support the death penalty, you think that the, the, the kid, the, listen, man, I'm not going to disagree with you. You think the guys who rape babies and, you know, do terrorist attacks and all that stuff, you think they deserve to die? So do I. Man, I wish that they were caught in the act with a with you know or, or yeah you, you're caught in the act and you and you, and you reply in self defense that ends in their death. Mazel tov. that's a great result. Yes, the scum deserves to die. The question then becomes as follows: We know that innocent people get executed. We know that these three people in the past two weeks have been completely innocent. They were scheduled to die and came very close. 
only because of vigorous legal defense and research and 20 years of their life going out the window while they rotted in jail, proving their innocence. Only after all that were they released and spared execution. So the question is, sorry, should have asked it earlier. If you do think that these scum who exist, if you do think they should be executed, are you willing, because you must be, are you willing to have innocent people also executed because you cannot have, can't have one and not the other? It's going to happen. When we have a perfect criminal justice system that does not make any mistakes and that all of the people who are convicted of heinous murders are, in fact, all guilty, 100%, no doubt, no way there could have been an error, then maybe we can have a conversation about the death penalty. Maybe, I doubt it, maybe you could convince me to change my mind. But until then, hell no. I got a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of smart friends, some of them even liberals, uh, which I'm not, obviously, but some of them even liberals who support this, support the death penalty. I say, how could you? And when you and when you ask them, and I would ask you, if you support, when you ask them, but you realize that if you if you have the death penalty, there's going to be mistakes. Innocent people will be executed. They have been. Not only do they ignore that, the number one thing I hear, the number one thing I hear is, well, do you think it's fair that the taxpayers should pay? to keep these people in prison for decades and pay for that instead of just executing them. I don't think that this is an, an this is not an economic question at all. But if you want to make it one, the evidence is not in your favor. The amount of money it takes to keep someone in jail for life without the possibility of parole is far less than the cost of executing someone. This is a fact. Repealing the death penalty would save the taxpayers millions and millions of dollars. They don't want to see that. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to, they don't want to go read about that. It's just, I, I just think people, they, they want justice so badly, and so do I, for these scum. It's just a willingness to take on the collateral damage of innocent, being, innocent people being executed that I don't understand. I don't understand how that is an acceptable liability 